everybody, and welcome to the Week 9 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast here in the 2023 season. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Mr. Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you, feel, good be- you feeling better? <laughs> yeah, I feel a little better. <laughs> it's good to be back. Uh, uh, Man, what a great week of football we had last week. A handful of games that kind of lived up to the hype, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it. Yes, sir, absolutely. we got a great show for you all today. A couple interviews slated. We have uh, the China Spring head football coach, Tyler Beatty, and then the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Greg Tepper, will be joining us to give a, a just a rundown of all the top games across Central Texas. So look forward to that later on in the show. But let's, uh, let's jump into uh, probably the major headline over in uh, Central Texas this past week with the resignation of Shane Anderson uh, from Midway High School. Um, uh, he, he hasn't been on the sideline for the Panthers at all the last two weeks, uh, but they have uh, they have won those two games in a row as the uh, they uh, brought up a internal, you know, Interim. Interim, yeah. An interim uh, uh, hire there uh, for the head coaching spot. Uh, I can't remember his name. I, I can't remember if it was the OC or the DC, but um, we'll take a we'll take a look at that. But, uh, yeah, Shane Anderson uh, re- resigning from Midway High School to deal with a, a personal issue, a personal matter that was uh, what was released in the news sources. So Shane Anderson now out as the – uh, Midway Panther head football coach, but again, two and zero the Panthers are uh, since he's been off the sideline. A big forty-five twenty-one district victory over Coppers Cove last week. So yeah, that's probably just the the one major headline uh, from Week Eight: the resignation of Shane Anderson from the Midway Panthers. Yeah, and that's Coach Ezra Martinez. That's right, interim Martinez. Head coach. So yeah, two two straight wins for the Panthers since uh, Shane Anderson has been off the sideline. Uh, we'll see how the Panthers look because they got a big another big district game this week uh, when they travel over to Bryan to take on the Vikings. So uh, we may touch on that later in the show. But let's just jump into our Week Eight recap. How about first Madisonville twenty seven. Robinson 14, kind of Madisonville just going on the road and taking care of business there. Yeah, and I think I'd picked Robinson to win that game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kudos to Madisonville. They went into Robinson. Wasn't it at Robinson, I believe? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, man, what a, a slugfest. And I think it was, yeah, because we were going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, kudos to Madisonville. And, you know, and Robinson, <clears throat> excuse me, Robinson uh, hung tough, you know, but. That's a really important uh, district win for Madisonville uh, as far as seeding is concerned. It was at Robinson. So, yeah, final there, 27-14, Madisonville Mustangs getting the win over the Robinson Rockets. And then how about this, an absolute shootout, a game that was, you know, we – and anticipated that it could have been close, but how about China Spring 52, La Vega 49, an absolute shootout. I think you said that your boy Trevor was at this game, and what did he say? Pretty much no defense played at all. Yeah, no defense at all is what he said. Yeah, so China Spring and uh, you know, Tyler Beatty's club. As again, we, we will have Tyler Beatty on here in just a moment to preview their Week 9 matchup against Stephenville. Um, but, yeah, they come out on top 52-49 in an absolute shootout over the La Vega Pirates and another one of the games that we previewed last week Marlin 28 Riesel 12 we talked about that game last week Kenny that was Riesel's first true test probably the most explosive offense they would have faced up to this point in the season and then uh, Marlin just again going on the road and taking care of business yeah it looked like it was kind of close there for a while but I just think Marlin's speed probably just kind of took over the game and, mm-hmm. and uh you know uh 
Riesel's going to want to run the ball, kill the yeah. clock, and play good defense. But, you know, just too many athletes over there at Marlin. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think at the end of the day, I think Riesel's fine. You know, I think this might take them out of the running uh, for a, a district title. As I think this win for Marlin kind of sets them up uh, in the driver's seat for that district title. Now, they still have to play a tough Rosebud Lot team. Uh, but still, uh, Marlin undoubtedly in the driver's seat for the district title there. And then another game, uh, we didn't uh, fully preview preview this one last week, but we did touch on it. Uh, Waco University, 27, over the Elgin Wildcats, 23. And when we talked about this game uh, last week, this was a, a huge chance for revenge for this University Trojan team. They played at Elgin last year, in which they lost 36-35 on a, on a last-second touchdown by the Elgin Wildcats uh, on the road for University. And that kind of knocked them or made their path for a potential district championship last year very difficult now they still have some work to do this season but that was a huge win for the university trojans and coach johnson yeah it's a big win for them and it, and it sets up a pretty big matchup this week with uh, leander rouse so, yes sir you know, every, all those district wins are important and it'll be a fun one this week and that's another game that they won last year and then with but with rouse rouse is currently in the driver's seat for the district title so that'd be huge if the trojans can knock that one off um but we'll dive more into that one later in the show and uh, another one that um, again we didn't fully preview this, this one last week but in my eyes this game was a lot closer than I thought it would be how about Axtell 36 and Italy 30 yeah uh, just going off so I know some people over at Axtell and you know uh, just Italy played a hell of a game yeah. and uh, Axtell really didn't play that well and they uh, two of their best offensive players were out of the game early mm-hmm. one due to injury one due to ejection so uh, kudos to Axel for hanging in there and battling back and getting the win. Yes, sir. 36-30 as they remain unbeaten on the season. And then uh, another game that we, we – again, we didn't fully preview this one, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning. A Maypearl team that has been overall pretty dominant this year, aside from uh, another district game against Grandview. West goes on the road to Maypearl and just absolutely dominates 38 to nothing. Now, you were at this game, Kenny. Uh, what did you see in this one from start I, to well, finish? Well, I just really saw a dominant West defense. Yeah. You know, Maypearl really couldn't do anything. Uh on the offensive side of the ball, I really thought that uh, Zane Harper played well. You know, he's a he's a two-way kid. And, uh, you know, a 21-point swing there in three minutes right before the end of the half kind of sealed the deal for West. And uh, they're playing good, and it's going to be interesting this week against Grandview. Yes, sir, absolutely. And, again, that's another game that we'll preview later on in the show. But before we dive into our uh, Week 9 preview, we have our Matt Step question of the week. And just another simple question, what is the top game or games that you'll be keeping your eye on over in Central Texas? And Matt Stepp's answer was, it's got to be Lorena and Franklin, no doubt. Lorena seems to be surging, while Franklin has got their act together after a midseason lull uh, where they had some close games. Uh, I think he's probably mentioning, like, uh, that Rockdale game uh, in that little stretch there uh, that was like a 25-15 sort of game. And th- this game is probably for the district title, and it's huge because the loser of this game gets a very difficult first-round matchup with most likely Yoakum. And Yoakum lost an OT to La Vega and played Cuero, a ranked 4A team, within a touchdown. And now that's a rivalry game in there in and of itself. They're really strong, so a win in this one is absolutely vital. And I I agree with that one. And another key thing, I don't know if you saw this, Kenny, but last week, Jaden Porter did return for Lorena. He had four catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Probably used him for limited snaps. Didn't want to give him, you know, too many carries in his yeah. first game back, coming off the injury that he had. But, yeah, this is huge. I think I think Matt Steph's got it, the nail on the head here. I think Lorena's surging at the perfect time. Yeah, and, uh, man, 
you you really don't want to finish second, third, or fourth no. in that district because there are some studs in that mm-hmm. uh, district twelve. That might so. be the best by district pairing between those two districts oh, in the entire absolutely. state. You know, if you're if you finish third in that district, you've got Hitchcock more than likely, and they're a top <sighs> ten team. So, yeah, this is a big game. You know, and uh, it's good to hear that Jaden Porter's coming back. You know, Lorena's had a handful of different receivers step up every game yep. and make some plays. So now that they're going to be maybe full force. Uh, It'll be interesting. Yes, sir, absolutely. And we'll dive more into that game later on. But now let's just go ahead and jump into our Week 9 preview. We will start 6-2 and two China Spring at 5-2 and two Stephenville. But before we dive into this one, Kenny ch- had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the China Spring Cougars, Coach Tyler Beatty. Here's Kenny's interview with Coach Beatty. Okay, I'm here with Coach Tyler Beatty, the head football coach of the China Spring Cougars. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing good. Hey, appreciate you hopping on. I know it's a busy week. You're kind of in this gauntlet of games right now. And uh, speaking of games, last week you had a barn burner. Uh, man, uh, I watched some of it. I was going to try to go, didn't get to get there, but I listened to the radio, listened to it on the radio, and watched some. Uh, heck of a game, man. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, looking back on it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there there was a lot of stressful points in that game as well. Vegas did a heck of a job. Um, not only matching the intensity, but the, uh, some of their scheme that they did was really, really good. It put some strain on us. But uh, like it always, you know, I always say is it's a uh, win is a win, no matter what it looks like. And, and those are hard to come by, especially in our district. Hey, Coach, you know, looking at last year, your defense, you know, really, you know, you're kind of known for your defense, although you did have a, a great offense. And, and this year, you know, you've given up a, a few more points than you, you have uh, in the past. So, I mean, is that just something you think just because you graduated some guys and you got some younger guys in there that are still learning or uh, just the teams are, you know, better offense? You're just facing a little better offenses this year. You know, I think it's a little bit of twofold. You know, obviously the more times you play somebody, uh, they can start to get a little beat on, on what you're doing, um, trying to find ways to defeat you. I mean, that's what coaches are getting paid to do. And, and uh, so a little bit that it has to do with that. Um I think the other part is, yeah, we have had some really, really talented, experienced players graduate. And I remember whenever we first put this uh, defensive in, uh, Coach Matt Louch was the defensive coordinator at the time, and we'd just gone from odd front and went to this even 4-3, and that entire season and a half really was grueling because it was something we've never done. And so it took about two years to build that experience up, and we were fortunate to have to have sophomores and juniors playing to where when you start looking back at it, like those guys that were in 21, those seniors were the first group of guys to kind of get uh, experience in this. And then the 22, well, those kids were juked. So you kind of see there was a lot of experience there. And um, Yeah, our defense is still, it's young. We're kind of in that recycle, reset mode. And, uh, you know, obviously we lost a linebacker on Friday night and He's one of those guys that's been in it for four, or I guess three years, and so we, we just got to continue to continue to grow and, and know that uh, you know there is a little bit more pressure placed on our offense, which which they're okay with, and uh, we've got each other's backs whenever that time's needed. So, Coach, this district you're in, you know, a lot of heavy hitters, including yourself. You know, you had a, a big game against. Uh, Alvarado last week, and you scored 50 points in uh, one quarter, which is crazy. And then you had this game last week with China Springs, is kind of a, you know just a barn burner. And now you have China uh, Stephenville coming up, which last year's game was just a uh, uh, crazy. 
So, you know, how do you keep your kids up? I mean, is it not hard? You know, that, you know, they're used to this kind of high intense, uh, you know, season like this. You know, I think it's easy to, to keep them uh, engaged and excited and fired up. I really do. Um, that's just the way our kids are wired. But uh, I, I think the other part of it, too, is that with, with as much youth as we have, um, the, the stage hasn't been as grand for them in, in their previous years. And so they're, they're having to learn uh, an immense amount of the – the way we act, behaviors, kind of the stuff that doesn't really even involve football, uh, bus trips. You know, we took charters. We played Cornerstone down in Burnett. And that was the first time some of these kids have ever been on a charter bus <laughs> outside of a sixth-grade band trip or something, you know. And so uh, we're, we're just we're, – we're, we're continuously developing. And, you know, we have new coaches as well. So uh, as we as we continue to go through this season, uh, there, there are – uh, stepping stones that we cross every single day that maybe we didn't cross a year ago. And uh, that, that is the beauty of this profession is that every single year, the locker room, the players, the coaching staff, you know, they, they change. And, uh, you know, that's what makes the good teams great is their ability to adapt and change uh, with, with those two groups. Well, it doesn't get any easier this week as you guys travel over to uh, Steamville and play uh, Coach Doty's team over there. What are you expecting out of those guys? Uh, they're going to have everybody healthy. I mean, that's kind of the way it worked last year. They got banged up early in the year, and then by the time this game rolled around, they had everybody back. And I expect nothing but the same. You know, Coach Doty has a really, really good job with those kids. Obviously, they won in 21 like we did, and um, they're a traditional, I mean, they're a very traditional uh, ranked program, and they've got a lot of good things going on over there. Our, our kids really enjoy uh, kind of the banter that takes place on the social media aspect for those guys, and um, it, I, I can only imagine the environment it's going to be on Thursday. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's been a really, really good week of practice. They do some things offensively that are going to keep us uh, on our toes, but We've got to make sure that once we get to the football, we wrap up and tackle. And then offensively, we've got to take care of the football and then obviously score in the red zone. So there's, there's certain things that, you know, that's the same talk I'd have when we were playing anybody else. But just kind of the environment adds some, some extra to it. You know, I don't want to say it adds extra pressure because uh, every single one of our kids and coaches go through some type of pressure. And we don't want to get so... Uh, inundated with the pressure that it becomes more than what it really is. So we want to go out there, have fun, play fast, and uh, and put our best foot forward. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, good luck Thursday night, and hopefully uh, you all have safe travels and everybody gets out of that game healthy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the of the China Spring Cougars, Tyler Beatty. I almost said Tyler High. Yeah. The uh, China Spring Cougars. Thanks again to Coach Beatty for joining us on today's show. And again, China Spring at Stephenville. Now this is an interesting matchup. Of course, just you know. 
the history of these two teams, recent history of these two teams. But this is a Thursday night game, Kenny. This will be played at Tarleton Memorial Stadium on Thursday night with a raucous crowd. I think a lot of the the Dave Campbell's crew will be out there. A lot, a lot of media will be covering this one. It's probably the biggest game across the state, at least for Thursday night here in Week Nine. There's a lot of big ones too, and this is yeah. one, of, one of the biggest. Yeah, I know there's a big one over in South Texas as well. I think in Corpus Christi, there's a there's a big game out there as well. But this is undoubtedly at least a top three matchup for Week Nine. China Spring at Stephenville. What do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, I see a bunch of points being scored. Yeah, I mean like fireworks. You know, Cash McCollum went off last week, uh, 400 yards six touchdowns against La Vega. You know, he's just getting better, you know, as the season goes on. That's hard to imagine, but he is. And then you look at Steenville, they got a three-headed monster over there with Gentry at wide receiver and Tate Maruska, who we talked about before, and then Gafford at quarterback. And they can score some points. You know, we, I watched them, uh, that Decatur game that lasted all night long. You know, they're just uh, – Yeah, almost played in the 1 a.m., yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, they can uh, they can score quick. So, I just – I don't see a whole lot of defense, uh, no shot to either team, but just both these offenses are just – you know, awesome. I mean, they, they can score point, uh, points in a hurry. So, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, which is pretty obvious. And I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to take China Spring. Yeah, I, I think we're going to take China Spring as well. It's it's good. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a coin flip. Now, like you said, they're both very good o- offensively. China Spring puts at 48 points per game. Uh, Stephenville a little bit less now. They score 34 points per game. But they're slightly better defensively. China Spring gives up 36 points per game, while Stephenville gives up 27 points per game. Now, uh, Stephenville only has one district game so far, uh, and that's Waxahachie Life. So this is going to be their first, like, true test uh, here in district play. I think this is a game that they want to have at home. And we saw the environment of this game last year when it it was played at China Spring. It was filled to capacity, a standing room only crowd. And then Thomas Barr, that kicker for China Spring last year with the game-winning field goal as time expired – I think it'll be pretty much the same. I think it's going to be a raucous environment. That Memorial Stadium in Tarleton holds a lot, like I think like twelve to 15,000 people, something like that. I don't think there'll be quite that many people there, but it'll be probably, probably be pretty dang close. Yeah, that'll be a good one to go to if you don't have anything to do Friday night if your team's not playing or, or whatever. But, you know, one thing about this district is like – China Springs in the middle of this three-game gauntlet with, you know, mm-hmm. the, this is the end of it. They had Alvarado, they beat Alvarado, they beat La Vega, and now they got Steamville. Steamville's just starting theirs, yep. you know, and now they've got China Spring, and of course, La Vega and Alvarado, so a lot can happen between now and then. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a barn burner, man, a lot like last year. I think just with how explosive these offenses are, I think it's just going to be one of those classic cases of whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. So I think it'll be just a phenomenal environment, a great game. This is this is a coin flip. I think Stephenville's out for revenge, but like you said, China Springs kind of going through their gauntlet right now. And again, this is the first true test for Stephenville as they haven't really been pushed in district quite yet. So I think just with with China Spring, just how they're rolling right now, they've had really, two really nice be- uh, bounce back wins to start off two and own district. Uh, yeah, I'll probably take China Spring in this one as well, but I will absolutely not be surprised at all if Stephenville gets the win at home. I think I think it's probably going to be high scoring, probably one of those like sixty to fifty eight type of games. Yeah, it'll absolutely. be it'll be really explosive. So, and again, this one's Thursday night at Tarleton Memorial Stadium. I might be going out there, man. Uh, I, that, I, that is my off day, and my si- my sister's going to school out there. I might meet her for lunch or something. But I, th- I think I might go out there and check this one out at Tarleton, um, my alma mater. So we'll go check that one out. 
China Spring at Stephenville. Kenny and I will both take China Spring on the road. And then uh, staying in Class 4A, we have a probably another potential district championship matchup as Glen Rose will travel over to Hill County to take on the Hillsboro Eagles at 4-3. and Glen Rose has started off 2-0 in district after starting the uh, season in pre-district play 1-4. and And this could pro- this probably is their biggest district test yet. And I'm with Glen Rose, I mean, they're... Their offense is okay, kind of inconsistent, but their their defense hasn't really made that many stops yet. They've been they've been giving up some points throughout the season. Yeah, Glendale's going to sling the ball around. You know, yeah. they don't run the ball real well, like you know, kind of like they have in the yeah. past. Of course, their quarterback from last year's gone. So uh, Canyon Evans has thrown for about two thousand yards and, and twenty one touchdowns. He's got several good receivers to go to. And I kind of think that's maybe where you could beat uh, Hillsboro, just slinging the ball around. And, yeah. you know, Hillsboro, of course, they've got an Ezra and Emery, who's a stud both ways. Uh, Wrangles back at quarterback. They've that's got good. a pair of receivers in Hodge and, and, and Tucker that are, that are pretty good. So I just – you know, I think this is the year for Hillsborough to make – if they can mm-hmm. make that move. You know, they've kind of been uh, hot and cold this year. You know, they show up one week and the next week, you know, they just kind of lose it. Uh you know, I just think uh, until you beat Glen Rose, I'm, I'm going to go with Glen Rose. You know, I think Hillsborough's got a chance, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Glen Rose on this. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to split with you on this one. I'm going to take Hillsborough at home, and I think, I think here, I think here's why. Yes, they, they have been inconsistent all year long, but I think having Moses Rangel at that quarterback spot back helps. And again, with with Glen Rose's defense, their offense is, although it's one dimensional, what they do slinging the ball around, like you said, has been pretty good. You know, you know, and again, it's hard to, you know replace a guy like Hudson White to lead your offense but and they're still I think they're still trying to find their footing they are three and four but again both teams are have started off two and oh in district I think Hillsborough at home I think this could be a pretty good atmosphere because this could this is probably for the district title and like you said Ezra and Emery for Hillsborough they have Tory Brooks as well the middle linebacker they have a very solid team I think they're just you know They've been a little bit, although both teams are inconsistent overall, I think Hillsborough's just been a little bit more consistent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they haven't given up as many points as uh, Glen Rose has this year. But this could set up very well. If if Glen Rose wins this game, they'll probably be in the driver's seat for the district title. Now, Hillsborough, they'd probably be in the driver's seat if they won this game as well, but they'd still have to face a godly. Yes. So, um, there's a – which would not be a cakewalk for this Hillsborough team. I, th- I think it's a coin flip game. I really do. But I think I think this is the year Hillsborough get it done, gets it done. I think I think it's huge that they have this game at home. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. So, the first one we are split on. I'll take Hillsborough by one score at home and then a uh, moving up to class 5a now as this is this is one of the probably the more underrated matchups across the state this week as we have six and one midlothian at seven and one lake belt and this is a lot of athleticism and we will talk about it with greg tepper later on in the show probably as far as all the matchups this week with the sheer amount of d1 talent on the field it can't get much better than this one no they're all over the place you know you got two five-star wide receivers going at it and uh, you know and midlothian doesn't throw the ball a whole lot when they do mm-hmm. they throw it to brian westcott yeah. And then you get over to Lake Belt, you know, uh, Eli Mascarenas, man, 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. He's having a heck of a year. Uh, they also got the DB, Selman Bridges, that's committed to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Micah Hudson, the five-star. I mean, the guy's electric when he has, a, when he has the ball in his hands. And uh, it's going to be a good one. You know, uh, Midlothian played defense well early in the year. Then a couple mm-hmm. of these last games, you know, they've scored some points on them. So 
I'm gonna go with Lake Belton. Yeah, I think I think at home that's that's not a bad pick. And like the, like you said, this Midlothian team, Midlothian team, they don't throw that much. I think they they only have like 12 passing attempts per game, and they have a solid one-two punch at running back. Now they do like to run it uh, with Drew Wendell, the the quarterback, and but they have a nice one-two punch at running back as well. The pair of seniors in Slater Callahan and Michael Garber both have uh, over 400 rushing yards and multiple touchdowns. A very nice rushing attack. They can hit you from a bunch of different ways. They have a very unique, you know, kind of option style run, running offense. Uh, and again, with this Lake, this Lake Belton team, they they have one district loss, which was a heartbreaker to Red Oak. But ever since, like, aside from that, the rest of their games, they've been dominant with an average margin of victory of 31 points per game. And it just seems like no no one's had an answer for Micah Hudson at this point. And I think that's just going to continue here. Although. You know, Midlothian overall has been solid defensively. Like you said, lately they've been kind of giving up some points. And but again, with nobody finding an answer to Micah Hudson, he's going to get his. But like you said, with Bryant Wesco, the Clemson commit, he's going to get his as well. Although he'll probably have a tougher defensive matchup going, you know, playing across Selman Bridges. So I mean, it's this is a very very exciting game. I think it's another toss up, and um. Although I think Midlothian is slightly better than Lake Belton defensively, no one has held Lake Belton to less than 34 points. And it's, it's, a, it's a tall task to hold them less than 30. And I'm, I'm going to give a, the slight advantage here to Lake Belton because they'll be at home. And qu- quite frankly, they just have the best player in the field in Micah Hudson. So uh, we'll both take Lake Belton at home on this one over Midlothian. And then uh, staying in, in Class 5A, we have Waco University at Leander Rouse, a game we touched on earlier at the top of the show. Uh, University got a nice key bounce back win against Elgin last week, 27-23. But this is probably their biggest test, not just of district, but in the season overall. Uh, Rouse is undefeated in this district. They haven't been, they haven't exactly been dominant, but a lot of their wins have been, you know, I guess what you could classify as like business wins, yeah. just going yeah. just going on the road and taking care of business. Uh, both teams are playing for a lot here. University. Is playing for a higher playoff speed, playoff seed. They finished with a number three seed last year, and if they win, win this game, they still might have a chance to at least have a share of the district title when they play Belton to close out the season. And but with uh, Rouse, they've already beaten Belton, so if they win this game, they still have Elgin and Fluger Connolly, I believe. So they they'd probably be in the driver's seat, favored in both of those games to go on an undefeated district title run, and. With those, uh, oh no no, it was Elgin and Pflugerville High. That's what it is. So again, with Elgin, if they win this game, they have a one a one win Pflugerville team, which that one win is against this university team, and that Elgin team is now on a three game losing streak. They're they're kind of on a tailspin, uh, but uh, I think I'll take Rouse at home in this one. Well, you look at university and you talk about the wide receivers that we have in. Uh, mm-hmm. Central Texas and, and Jaden Porter and Micah Hudson and, uh, you know, Jared Anderson and, and the kid down at Troy. Well, then you got a really good one here in London Smith yep. at uh, University. I mean, that kid can just change a game in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, at Rouse, you've got uh, – you know, they throw the ball a little bit and they've got a really good running back in Justin Cannon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just – I just I don't think university's quite there yet. I'm going to go with Rouse. Yeah, and when when Rouse played Le- Rouse played University in Waco last year, University won. I think it was kind of a, a kind of an upset, big deal, and that kind of that kind of set University it was kind of a signature win that kind of set them on the trail that led them to the second round of the playoffs for the first time and I think it was like, you know, 14 13 14 years at that point. So, I mean, 
this this has a chance to be a, again that signature win for this university team and district play. But I think I think universities I think they are slightly better than they were last year. But I think Rouse is significantly better than they were last year. And I think they proved that with that two score win over Belton just a few weeks back. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close overall. The key for university in this game last year was you know getting forcing turnovers I think they forced three or four in this game last year and just you know Rouse is not a team that is used to playing from behind and I think that's what university wants to do they want to get some stops and then try to build maybe a quick 10 to 14 point lead right away and try to keep them at arm's length and just play good defense I think that's going to be university's key here but with with Rouse they have Mason Shorb and like you said Justin Cannon they're a lot better offensively and defensively than they were last year so I think Rouse will I think for sure Rouse will get the win here at home and stay in that driver's seat for an undefeated district title run. Then now let's drop down to Class 3A. This will be a really good one. 6-1 Grandview at the 5-2 West Trojans. Uh, again, you saw this West team uh, play at Maypro last week, Kenny. We have, neither of us, I don't think, have seen this Grandview team play yet. But since that 51-21 loss to Malakoff, they've been pretty dominant since then. Yeah, um... Really, I mean, not their fault. They just really hadn't played each other. The way this mm-hmm. district lines yep. up, you know, you got a lot of those uh, charter schools up in Dallas and mm-hmm. in Dallas, Madison. Uh, you know, West defense looked a lot better than it had in the past. I just don't know that they're ready for Grandview. I think mm-hmm. Grandview's just still a notch above. But this is a rivalry game, and, and yep. you've thought that before going into this game, and West has pulled out, uh, pulled out a win. So, you know, I, I just don't – I think Wes is going to be have to throw the ball a little bit mm-hmm. to beat Grandview. And, uh, you know, although they got a really good wide receiver in uh, Easton Paxton, I just don't know that they're going to be able to throw it enough to, to beat Grandview. So. I think that's a great point. Uh, you, you don't want to be one-dimensional going against this Grandview team, uh, which although West is, you know, they're wanting to throw the, the ball a lot more this year than they have in the past. Now, they're still kind of adjusting to it. Gus Crane overall has done a solid job, but, you know, his first year as a quarterback, you know, just he's, he's just been taking his lumps. And I think they were able to, to kind of establish a pass game last week and just kind of stay balanced and kind of, you know, run to set up the pass or pass to set up the run, whichever whatever their plan is. Um, but, yeah, I think this Grandview team, like you said, is – you know, they, they've won five straight since their week two loss to Malakoff, but West has won four straight themselves uh, since their week week three loss at Whitney. And again, they're coming off a very dominant road win against Maypearl, 38 nothing. I think it'll be slightly better than most people would think, but I'm still probably going to take Grandview by like 14 to 17 points here. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a rivalry game, so, yeah. you know, it could be a, a one-score game or, you know, you just can't tell uh, – it's hard to predict it, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with Ryder Hayes and uh, Jaleel Allen and Casey Cannon over at, at Grandview, they've got a, a pretty good offense. And yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the Zebras. I'll take I'll take Grandview as well, and that'll set them up, man. You know, if they win this game, that'll set up an undefe- undefeated district championship game against Whitney here. Uh, not 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 next week, but the week after. Uh, or is next, it next, next it, week? It would be next week. Yeah. Okay, and so that would be that would set the stage for that one. But yeah, we'll both take Grandview uh, on the road at West in this one, and then uh, jumping back. Back up to Class 4A, 5-2 and two Alvarado coming off their bye week. Uh, will travel to Bellme to take on the La Vega Pirates at 5-3. and three. Now, the interesting thing about this one, Alvarado again coming off the bye week, the last opponent for both these teams was China Spring. And the way they each team played China Spring was drastically different. Like we, we talked about it last week when Alvarado hosted China Spring, 
They took a 13-0 lead at the end of the first quarter, and then China Spring just went off and rattled 50 points in the second quarter and just kind of took full control of the game from there. Then La Vega, they just forced China Spring in a shootout last week and just came up a bit short, 52-49. But, you know, with Alvarado, they have a really good offense led by the quarterback, Cardea Collier, and then they have a really good running back in DeMarcus Belton. The thing is with Alvarado is that their defense has been inconsistent, and I think it's going to be a tall task to try to stop – you know, uh, Bryson Rowland and Junior Thornton and all those guys. Yeah, one thing that sticks out in this district is there's you know, four really good teams, a couple of great teams. Is man, the quarterback play. You know, mm-hmm. you got Cartier, Collier, Thornton at La Vega, Gafford at Stephenville, McCollum at China Spring. It's really impressive the type of athletes they have at quarterback. And, and I'm with you. I think La is going to be too much. You know, mm-hmm. Thornton has really been coming on him and his uh, brother. And of course, they got Bryson uh, Rowland who's a really good running back, and that's just probably too much for uh, Alvarado. Yeah, I think – and again, I think this is a – it's a big game for both teams, but I think it's one that La Vega really, really wants at home because, again, you know, with with Alvarado, although China Spring kind of – they kind of fell into it early but broke out of it. Now, Charles Head Stadium is a hard place to go into. It just seems like a lot of weird things happen when you play over there in Alvarado. And, again, things did start out weird early for – China Spring as they were down 13 nothing in the first quarter but uh coach Tyler Beatty's squad snapped out of that very very quickly and um yeah and they got the win and then they got the win over La Vega last week I'm gonna take La Vega at home in this one so I, I think I think it'll be kind of high scoring I think it'll be like a 35 you know or like a 31 24 type type game I think both teams are you know really good offensively just both teams have been questionable defensively so it could it could be a perfect recipe for a shootout here so we'll both take La Vega at home on this one. I was jumping back down to Class 3A. Our last two games have been Class 3A. 6-1 and one Grosbeck at 4-3 and three TIG. Now this is a uh, kind of a – I think this game kind of lost a little of its shine to – a little bit of its shine last week um, when TIG lost to Mejia. Kind of a head-scratcher there in that Yeah, one. that was a surprise. You know, I yeah. went back and looked at the stats and, you know, just – Tig really couldn't do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't throw the ball real well, didn't run it real well. And, uh, yeah, but I think this still is, is a big game for, you know, for, uh, you know, seeding in the playoffs because, you yeah. know, you, you could, you know, do you, you, you kind of, you're not going to win the district. Malakoff is, but, you know, there's a, a you know, Whitney and, and, a, and a West and Grandview kind of in play on the other side. But if you look at Grossbeck, man, they're young. And uh, it's not like a Bomar team, but they really run the ball a whole lot. You know, that uh, Trent Platt is kind of a dual-threat guy. He can really run it. And then they've got a freshman running back in Jordan Smith with 650 yards and a sophomore running back in Marquise Gibson with nine touchdowns. They're young. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think Step in his interview that we're going to – he said uh, he talked about a team being maybe about a year early. Well, I think yeah. it's about a year early on this team. And, uh, man, they're going to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. And with with Grosbeck, kind of similar to what we said about Lake Belton earlier, they have one loss, which was I think like a, a two score loss to uh, or a one score loss to uh, Marlin, a very good two way team. But aside from that, they've been dominant. They've win by an average of thirty six points per game outside that one loss, and they've been rolling. And you know, I think this is although if they win this game, it'd be. They'd be undefeated going into the um, a district matchup with Malakoff, which probably would be for the district title. But again, that's a tall task. Yeah, trying to trying to beat a Malakoff team here in district play. But you know, they're probably out of every team in this this district at this point. They're probably the most primed to at least challenge Malakoff in this district. So uh, yeah, they've been they've been rolling all season long. Again with 
taking their kind of head scratching loss to Mahay. I think. Well, you know, that's a, that's a rivalry game. Yeah. You know? like, and we yeah. talked about it with mm-hmm. Coach Linscombe. You know, mm-hmm. several of these district games are, are big time mm-hmm. rivalry games. Yep. So, you know, it's, things like that happen. You know, and maybe Tick can bounce back and beat. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, you know, just basing it off what happened last week, I'm going to go with Gross back. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Tepper mentioned it in the interview that we'll play later on that I. I think he was kind of right on this, too. I think Tig let that 35 nothing loss to Malakoff kind of carry over into the next week. Uh, and, I mean, this affects their playoff seating, does for Tig, because, you know, they could very well, especially if they lose this game, they could slip down to the fourth seed and have to face a Grandview or Whitney in the first round of the playoffs. And that'd be. Hey, or West. So, it, yeah, you know, there could be oh, a yeah, three that, that's, tie. That's that a good point. <laughs> and any of those three teams is a tough, you know, tough matchup in the first round. But, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it's a really good rivalry game. Uh, but I think Grosbeck is just more of a complete team. I think they're more primed. And like you said, they've they've liked to run the ball more, and they've been doing it very, very effectively. But not only on top of that, they've played excellent defense overall throughout the season as well. So I'll take the Grosbeck Goats at home in this one as well. And to close things out, we will stay in Class 3A Division One with, again, one of the top games, not just in Central Texas, but across the entire state of Texas. How about 6-2 and two, Lorena on the road at unbeaten Franklin? Uh, Kenny, there's a lot of storylines going into this one, a lot of key components into this game. What do you see in this one? Man, you know, I just I, – I had Lorena finishing third in this district and yep. Cameron Yo finishing second, and I was wrong. And I just didn't know that Lorena was going to be, be this strong of a team. But, you know, they're really good. And I just think they're going to give Franklin everything that they mm-hmm. can handle. Uh, you know, with uh, Braylon Henry, you know, he's rushed for 1,300 yards already this year, 16 touchdowns. Cade Roberts, the senior, senior quarterback, is a dual threat type of dude. And they've had several wide receivers stepping up in the absence of uh, Porter, mm-hmm. and now he's back. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see how this offense performs against Franklin. And Franklin, of course, they've got uh, Jaden Jackson, mm-hmm. and I think he's got a little brother that's pretty good too that plays. So, uh, man, I'm going to stick with Franklin because you know just who they are and their you know their win streak and and, and all that. But I think it's going to be a really close one. I agree, and I think like you, you made a great point there, and we talked about it earlier. The I think the return of Jaden Porter is huge. Now, again, I think he kind of had limited snaps last week. He only had four catches, but it was for 75 yards and a score. So I think I think he'll be, especially with another week of, you know, getting into the groove of things with practice and getting ready for games fully healthy, uh, I, think, I think he'll have a bigger role in this game. And again, with Braylon Henry, he's been – excellent in the run game for this Lorena team. And like you said, Franklin on a 39-game winning streak, which is the the number one, you know, active play or active win streak in the entire state of Texas. Now, on top of that, like you said, it's hard to pick against the streak uh, against the streak, but as far as this season has gone, I think this is their biggest threat to that streak by far. And Lorena, like you said, they're they're peaking at the right time. But Franklin, man, again, their streak, their last loss, think about this, was the 2020 3AD2 state title game when they lost to Canadian. (laughs) That's how long it's been almost three years since they lost a football game. And so just with a streak like that, it's it's hard it's hard to you know it's hard to pick against that and again their offense despite you know a couple close games they've still been offensive 44 points per game while only giving up 16 so I think it's really really hard although Lorena is peaking at the right time it's just hard to pick against the streak man I'm gonna go Franklin at home yeah in this one as well I agree yeah I just think you 
Can't pick against them right now. Yeah, not not you know just they're on top for a reason. So it's kind of just they're number one until someone knocks them off. And that is it for our week nine preview. And before we dive into our week nine pickums, uh, we mentioned at the top of the show and throughout the show that Kenny had a ch- chance to sit down with the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Greg Tepper. So here is Kenny's interview with Greg Tepper. Okay, I'm here with Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Greg, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Week nine of the Texas high school football season upon us, and it's uh, it's starting to feel real. It's starting to feel like these games really mean something. So that's the fun time of year. Yeah, I saw a, a tweet that Matt Stepp sent out a couple of days ago about this is probably the biggest week of the best games this week. And, uh, you know, it's true here in Central Texas. We've got a handful of them, and we're going to do like a, a quick hit, and uh, we'll let you talk about them. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go 6A with Midway uh, at Bryan. You know, this is, you know, Midway's kind of got a little surge here. They've won a couple in a row. This, you know, has some playoff seating implications here. Yeah, give a ton of credit uh, to, to, to Ezra Martinez and, and that Midway squad to, to really get off the mat after, you know, an 0-4 start and really looking, I mean, pretty listless. But they figured things out, and specifically what I appreciate about them is that that offense has started to pick up the pace. Uh, it was really inconsistent, but it looks like they figured out kind of more of an identity, and that identity is, is a lot more balanced. They're letting this, this quarterback, Ty Brown, do his thing. Uh, he's, of course, the dual threat guy, but I think the real revelation for them have been these young running backs, uh, whether it's uh, Eduardo Longoria or Lathan Wissenson, uh, who have been really important to, to kind of give them that balance. Taking on a Bryan team that I think is, is kind of in the, in, in, the op, uh, in a similar situation where, you know, started off uh, a little hot, but, you know, started off 1-3 in non-district, but once they got into district play, uh, they kind of figured things out last week against uh, Pflugerville Weiss notwithstanding. Uh, the big question in this one is going to be who plays a little bit of defense? But both these defenses have been uh, a little something to be desired I think this game could be a shootout. Uh, I, I think I lean towards Midway right now on the road. I think that they're uh, a little bit of the uh, – I think right now they're, they're peaking at the right time. Uh, but this game's a, a slobber knocker, a, a coin flip that's obviously going to have major implications in 12-6 act. And, and let's go down to 5AD1 with the – man, what's going to be a banger? Uh, Midlothian at Lake Belton. You know, you've got D1 talent all over the field, and that, that should be a good one. You know, we were t- Matt Stepp and I were talking about this the other day. I don't know the last time that you could say that you had a, a, a high school football game with two five-star receivers in it. That's what you've got in this one. With, with Lake Belton, with Micah Hudson, the Texas Tech commit, and then Bryant Wesco, the, the, the Clemson commit there at Midlothian. So that's the that's the easy way. And what I appreciate about this game is that there's, there's an easy, uh, uh, easy sale here, which is show up for the awesome wide receivers. Just come and watch two really <laughs> talented guys, uh, Sunday players, come and play at the high school level. Uh, but what I think is really fun is the more you dig into it, the more you realize what the big uh, implications are in District 4, 5A, Division 1. Uh, you know, Lake Bellin's already got that, that kind of heartbreaking loss to Red Oak. And so a win here would go a long way towards kind of, uh, if they were to knock off Midlothian, uh, maybe Midlothian then beats Red Oak, and then you get a three-way tie situation. Uh, but this is for, for a real jockeying position. And by the way, when you're matched up with three 5A Division 1, which is the Alito, Denton, Ryan, Burleson, Centennial District, you need to finish as high as possible. So a critical game here that goes far beyond just the star power. Uh, I think I lean towards Lake Belton in this one. I think that, that their offense has got a few more different ways that they can beat you. Uh, but I think this game is going to be absolutely fascinating. And, and, yeah, for the casual fan, this is an easy game to get people excited about because you just say, hey, come watch two five-star athletes do their thing. 
And let's go down to 5A dude two with University going to Rouse, which, you know, may I think Rouse is probably favored, but this is a chance for University to, to go down there and maybe uh, pull an upset. Man, I'll tell you, let's give some credit to what Karen Johnson is doing there at, at, uh, at, at University. This has been a remarkable season for them. And when you take a look at, at even their two losses, you know, to Flugerville and the Arlington Heights, I mean, those are decided by combined five points. They've been in every single game. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that University's been competitive in every one of their games. And so I expect them to be competitive in this game. Uh, I think that you're right. I think that Rouse is the favorite in this one, just what, what they've been able to do. Uh, uh, rattling off six consecutive wins. That win a couple weeks ago uh, against Belton, I think, was a real uh, feather in the cap. And, of course, they've got wins over Liberty Hill as well. Uh, I think that they're the favorite. I-, I love what they bring to the quarterback spot with Mason Shore. Uh, but I, uh, but University, the one thing we know about them is that they're going to fight and that this is going to be a real fantastic matchup down to the wire that, they, that, that, you, that Rouse is going to have to earn. They're the favorite, and rightfully so. But I think that University has, has earned the benefit of the doubt and, and a little bit of doubt out in this game that maybe they could spring the upset. Okay, and we'll drop down to 4AD1. We got two in uh, District 5, I believe. Uh, China Spring coming off that slugfest with uh, La Vega. Now they've got Stephenville at Stephenville. This is a Thursday night. I think they moved it back to Thursday night. Yeah, at Tarleton, and it's going to be a, a slam bang affair between Stevensville and China Spring. A lot, a lot of different, a lot of intrigue in this one. What I think is so fascinating about this game is that you know China Spring is a team that uh, that they play high scoring but close games, right? That's kind of their thing. Well, isn't that what Stevensville did last year? Like, isn't that exactly what what the Yellow Jackets were about last year? So there's a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a switch here. You know, Stevensville's defense, I think, has been a real underrated part of this team. They play much better defense than they did last year. I mean, they're giving up just, you know, it's, it's crazy to say, you know, it's only 27 points a game. But that's such a massive improvement over what it did last year. Uh, and that offense uh, is starting to, to come around. Tate Mariska and company figuring things out uh, offensively. I think that this team, uh, Ryan Gafford, the quarterback spot, I think this team is for real. Take on the China Spring team. That I'll say this about China Spring. If you're going to beat them, you better bury it. And you look at their two losses, they, they lose to Parish Episcopal by 16, they lose to Melissa by 30. Every other game, right, if it's close, they win it, right? The, yep. Ask La Vega. They have that knack. And so they are, in many ways, that kind of, uh, as a two-time defending chance, we've seen it for three years now, uh, it, it, you better kill them till they're dead. Like, they are the they are Jason in the Friday the 13th movie. You better make sure. Like, check the pulse. Because, because Cash McCollum uh, and that, that team will have a little bit of magic for you. Um, I think I lean towards China Spring in this one. I think that they're going to be able to maybe outgun uh, the Stephenville team and find a way through, but that defense gives me a little bit of pause. Should be a fun one, though, and certainly for the district championship. And let's go to their district mates with Alvarado and La Vega. Both these teams have got a loss to China Spring this year, so this is going to be really important in seeding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, both these teams, I think, with all due respect to Waxahachie Life, I think both these teams are comfortably in the playoffs, but you're talking about a seeding situation here, and this is probably for third and fourth, unless somebody's going to upset Stephenville, which is certainly uh, possible. I would tell you that I, I look at La Vega, I think that that offense has really started to round in a form after some early struggles. Uh, but what's so strange is that the defense has, has been a little bit MIA, which is strange for Don Hyde, Coach Ball Club. You know, for Alvarado, uh, they are a team that. Uh, I, I will say that they seem like they're always good for one upset a year. And and certainly they have played a, a, a tough schedule. I think that this quarterback, Caria Collier, Collier, is a real deal and capable of really taking this thing, thing over. I like La Vega in this game. That 
that said, I'm very interested in I'm buying some long-term stock in Alvarado. I think that this program's a year early right now. Tons of sophomores and juniors on this team. Keep it on the Indians going forward, but I do think that La Vega's probably your favorite. And we'll drop down to three, and we got a trio of games down there. First, we'll go to uh, District 7 with Grandview at West. Uh, would not be – I mean, this is a pretty good rivalry, and West is not, you know, not Grandview off the years that they won the state championship game. So this ought to be a good one. A coin flip type game in my mind. I think both these defenses are playing really well right now. I mean, uh, Grandview has not allowed a point since September 15th. Uh, in garbage time, basically, against, a, uh, against Dallas A-plus Academy. Now, now they've not run exactly a gauntlet. They have gone through, you know, they're 5-0 and in district play, but they have gone through, with all due respect, the soft part of that district. It's about to, to toughen up starting this week when they take on a, a West team that, that look, we, we kind of know what they're about. They're, they're a running game, and they are defense, and, and they're a team that, that doesn't apologize for that. Cause Dave Ward, that's, that's where he hangs his hat, uh, and they're going to line it up and grind you out. You know, their court, I, I think that they've got some really Really great uh, growth from Gus Crane, their quarterback, and I think that this junior running back Coy Klish is a name to know going forward. Uh, if they're going to win this game, they're going to need to find a little bit uh, on, on the defensive side to match Grandview stop for stop. This is a Grandview team that I do think has a fair number of playmakers that'll, that'll make this game exciting. This game, like I said, I think it's a coin flip type game. Uh, I think I lean towards Grandview even on the road, but th- these two teams have a history of playing nip and tuck affairs, and I would expect nothing last this week. Hey, let's jump back up to 4AD2. I forgot one. Hillsborough, Glen Rose. Glen Rose has lost a lot from last year. Hillsborough's been kind of up and down. You know, you've seen a little bit of flash where they might be able to do something. What are you expecting out of this one? Yeah, you know, Glen Rose is an interesting team. Of course, a, a state semifinalist a year ago and, and took Carthage to the wire in that kind of famous semifinal there at the star. Uh, but they, they they got wiped by graduation. Um, and, and I think you saw that in non-district when they went one and four. I do think they've started to get their wheels back on, especially on the defensive side. Uh, and, and in many respects, they, they probably better uh, get their wheels back on if they're going to make the playoffs in, in what I think is a, a decent little district here in District 4 4 too. I like uh, this Hillsborough team is not explosive. They're not going to wow you offensively, but they, they, they grind you out and they find a way uh, to stay in a game and then win it late. That's what they're going to need to do against Glen Rose. I think Glen Rose probably uh, I think I'm going to lean towards Glen Rose in this game, but I do think that this game is really interesting and for Hillsborough, if you don't talk about uh, announcing to the world that you have arrived, this would be a, a real moment for them if they were able to, uh, to take on uh, to beat Glen Rose at home in front of what should be a, a really uh, a really full uh, Eagle Stadium. And we'll go back uh, down to 381 and you got uh, Coach Beaumont and a really not surprising gross big team, but kind of maybe a little bit better than we thought they were uh, going up against Teague, who kind of suffered, uh, you know, a little letdown against Mahia last week. Yeah, I, I would I would cl- classify the goats as a a, a a mild pleasant surprise. I think that they are better than they have been in, in the past years, and I think that Coach Jerry Bomar, uh, that, that man knows what he's doing. I, he's a ball coach, and Jack, I don't need to tell anybody about that. Uh, and what I think is so impressive about him is that he has instilled a defensive toughness in this goats team that, that we just haven't seen in past years. I mean, in, in, I mean, even like go back to their loss, right? They have one loss in the year against Marlin. Uh, and they lose that game 20 to 13. 
how many years does Grosbeck lose that game 44 to 13, yeah. right? That's the difference, I think, in this Grosbeck team is that, that that defense has really come along. You know, for Tig, this is a team that, that you're right, uh, took, a, took a tough loss against Mejia. I wonder if they let, let one loss beat them twice, considering they got drilled by Malakoff the week before. I wonder if they, they got uh, built up. They got to get their wheels back on right now, because if they're going to if they're gonna uh, finish the season the way they want to, they got to go out there and win this game. This is a critical game as far as like district seeding is concerned, and for Tig, you really can't afford another loss. At that point, you're really up against it, so I would, I think they're going to come out hot. I think that, I think Tig's probably going to get the win, uh, especially coming home, but right now, you got to wonder about a little bit of a spiral effect there, and Grosbeck's playing a really good ball right now, and that defense is not going to give them anything, so this is a really important game there in District 8. All right, and lastly, let's talk about Lorena at Franklin. This is probably the one of the marquee, not, not maybe not in 3A because you had that broad paradise game, but this is going to be a good one. Oh, this is a huge game. I think it's a massive game there uh, in District 11. Uh, and, 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 you know, for all we talk about Franklin and the number one team in the state, uh, and, and deservingly so, they are undefeated. They have the state's longest winning, stack of winning streak. They are just at, they have, they have two times defending state champs. They deserve to be number one. Have they been tested? Like, you know, there's a real question about that. I mean, they've got the win over Jasper. Jasper turned out to be okay, right? They've got a win over Dieball. That's a good win, but, you know, far from, far from like, resounding. I think last week what you saw with that win over Troy was the first time we saw old school kind of kick your rear end Franklin show up. And that's what's exciting about this one is that Jaden Jackson, Braylon, or, uh, Braylon Henry, or I'm sorry, J- Jaden Jackson, Bubba Jackson have been fantastic in that they really started to get rolling. I think they had three 100-yard rushers last week against Troy. Taking on the Lorena team that uh, you want to talk about a team that, that started off slow but has figured things out. You know, they start two and two, lost to China Spring and La Vega, including that, that kind of heartbreaking loss to La Vega in the non district finale. But since then, they have figured something out offensively. And I think what you've seen from Braylon Henry taking it to the next level is going to be really, is really fun to watch. Uh, I like Franklin in this one at home. I, I'm not picking against a long winning streak like this, but this is the this is another real big test for Franklin. We're going to find out a lot more about them these next three weeks. Lorena, Camarillo, and, and Academy. Like Franklin's about to go through the dirty side of that of that district, and we'll, we'll find out a lot more about the two-time defending champs over the course of these next three games. Uh, this is like their their finish is going to be, I think, really uh, illuminating as far as what the playoffs look like. Hey, Greg, we appreciate we appreciate you hopping on, man. You have a good day. Absolutely. And that was Kenny's interview with the managing editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Greg Tepper. Thanks again to Tep for joining us on today's show. Now let's jump into our Week 9 pick'ems. We will start China Spring at Stephenville Thursday night at Tarleton Memorial Stadium. I think we both have uh, China Spring in this one. Yeah, China Spring. And then Mart at Wortham. I'll take the Panthers here. Mart. Glenn Rose at Hillsborough. I know we're split on this one. I'll take Hillsborough. And you'll take Glenn Rose. And then Connolly at Salado. Give me the cadets here. Yeah. Then we got Granberry at Ellison. It's kind of a coin flip here. Who do you have? I got Ellison. I'm going to take Ellison at home as well. Uh, Chilton at Granger. Give me the Pirates here. Yeah, Chilton. Gatesville at Madisonville. Um, I'm going to take Madisonville in this yeah, one. I got Madisonville. Rosebud Lot at Valley Mills. I'm going to take the Cougars here. Yeah, I got Rosebud also. And Midlothian at Lake Belton. I'll take the Lake. 
Yep. Raul Vista at Kearns. Who do you got in this one? I got Kearns. I'm going to take Raul Vista in this one on the road. Frost at Dawson. Who do you got? Dawson. Dawson for me as well. Then Midway at Brian. Who do you got in this one? I got Midway. I'm going to take Brian at home on this one. We have Scurry Rosser at Palmer. I'm going to take the Wildcats in this one. I got Palmer. Then Cleburne at Shoemaker. I'll take the shoe. Yep. Then University at Rouse. Who do you got in this one? I got Rouse. I'm going to take Rouse as well. Now the Colleen Kangaroos at Red Oak. Give me Red Oak at home in this one. Yeah, Red Oak. Then Chaparral at Pflugerville Connolly. Who do you have in this one? I got the Chaps. I'm going to take Connolly at home. I think they're a much improved team this season. Yo at Rockdale. And like we were just talking about it. How about the Battle of the Bell not being on our previews? Um, but again, both teams are two and five going into this one. Who do you have? I got Cameron. I'm going to take Cameron on the road as well. We have Grandview at West. Give me the Zebras. Yeah, Zebra. Italy at Cayuga. Who do you have in this one? I got Italy. I'm going to take the Gladiators as well. Maypearl at Whitney. I got Whitney big in this one. Yeah, I got Whitney. Alvarado at La Vega. Give me the Pirates here. Yeah, La Vega. Grosbeck, Grosbeck at Tig. Who do you have in this one? I got the goats. I'm going to take Grosbeck as well. Lorena at Franklin. Can't go against the streak here. I'm going to take the Lions. Yeah. Academy, Little River Academy at McGregor. Who do you have in this one? I got LRA. I'll take the Bumblebees as well. Then Lexington at Clifton. Interesting matchup here. Who do you have? I'm going to go Lexington. I'll take Clifton at home in this one. Then we have finally in Class 6A, we have Harker Heights at Temple in a, in a rivalry matchup. Who do you have in this one? I got Harker Heights. I'm going to take Harker Heights as well. I'll take the Knights on the road at Temple. And that'll do it. Hey, uh, by the way, Curtis is still with us at I just got yeah. him the picks late, so he'll he'll send them to me, and then I'll fill them in, and we'll go over them next week. We will have them uh, documented for yeah. sure. So, uh, again, that'll do it for our Week 9 Pick'ems, and that'll do it for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Week 9 2023 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. This is a special episode, Kenny. Do you know why? I don't. This is our 30th episode, 30 of, episode. of the CTFP. <laughs> who, who let us talk I don't know. for 30 I'm games? Surprised we hung around this long. But it's been fun, man. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, so I've enjoyed every minute of it. Here's to 30 more. Yes, sir. Here's the 30 more. And a big part of that is that you guys. You guys keep tuning in and listening to us blabber about Texas high school football. So we really do appreciate it. It's a really great time. And, uh, again, if you want to reach out to us, you can get, reach out to us via email at ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can reach out to us on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter at CTFP Podcast or uh, you can like us on Facebook at Central Texas Football Podcast our page on Facebook and again that'll do it for us thanks again for tuning in for Kenny Heath I'm Ryan Fox and we will see y'all for week 10